Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. This week we're switching it up a bit and I'm doing my first ever rerun of an old episode. If you've heard this episode before, I am confident it's worth giving it another listen, especially right now. Now, some of these episodes, if you ask me, are kind of like the reruns of Friends. They just never get old. Now, before we get to the episode, I want to make sure that you're in the loop about something that I'm doing that I have never done before. At the time of this episode, we are knee deep in the COVID-19 pandemic, and most of us are quarantined or isolating at home. With all things social distancing, co-parenting stressors are at an all-time high for so many. And I know this because the forum of the exclusive stepmom community is booming with stressed out stepmoms. So I am amping up the support in the community right now. And instead of doing one live monthly call, I am doing two calls a week. I am here for you, stepmama. Monday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, we have coffee together and make a plan for how we're going to tackle the week. And on Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we have wine and do a live Q&A. Now, last week, Darren actually joined us, and I may even be able to convince him to come back. So it's definitely worth tuning in. Guys, the membership is less than 20 cents a day. But for the first time ever, I am offering 30 days free to new members. So you can come in, connect, get support, consume the exclusive content that I don't share anywhere else, listen to the tell-all podcast episodes, engage in the private forum, which by the way is entirely off of social media, so you don't need to be worried about nosy hockey mom neighbors or your mother-in-law seeing what you post. Just come on in and try it out. If it's not for you, you can cancel within 30 days, no questions asked, but if you want to stick around, we're happy to have you. So to get this free offer or the free 30 days, there's a special link for listeners. It's www.jamiescrimger.com forward slash 30 days free. I'm going to link it in the description too. I hope to see you at one of our next live calls, which by the way, are recorded for those who can't make it live. Like I said, what do you have to lose? It's 30 days free. All right, guys, that's it for that. If you have any questions, be sure to let me know. And uh, yeah, let's just get to the episode. Hey guys, it's Jamie Scrimger here, second wife, stepmom of three, and mom of one. And you're listening to my podcast, where we talk about all things motherhood, stepmotherhood, and living a kick-ass life. If you're ready for raw and real conversations and are striving to live your very best life, then you are in the right place. Every week, I'll provide you with tips and strategies and mindset shifts to inspire you to live your own version of a kick-ass life, while bringing you along as I create my own. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the podcast. So this episode, guys, it's it's kind of a wild one. Today I'm talking to Naja Hall, and she is the founder of the online platform and community for stepmoms called Blended and Black. Naja is a family life coach all about normalizing the stigma associated with blended families, very similar to me, and she helps blended families adjust to their new normal. She is also the author of a book, Girl By. She's not going anywhere and neither are you. And obviously that book is referring to stepmoms dealing with their husband's first wife and vice versa. So guys, I really thought that I was like the straight shooter, no BS kind of girl. And you know, I am, but then I sat down with Naja and while like she, she definitely takes it to a next level and I love it. She specializes in supporting stepmoms and blended families in more high conflict situations. And to be honest, these situations 
you know, some of her stories, they're a lot more high conflict than I could ever even dream up. So this episode, you know, it just definitely reinforced my belief that every step family has a different situation and there really is no one size fits all approach. So the two of us do have very different step family dynamics in our personal life. And we do have different perspectives because of those dynamics, but man, her insight is definitely one that a lot of stepmoms need to hear. And I, you know what, I can't wait to sit down with her again. This is not going to be the only time that you hear her on this podcast. So with that, let's dive in. And I cannot wait for you to hear all that Naja has to say. All right. Hello. Hello, guys. I am so excited to be sitting here with Naja Hall from Blended and Black. Naja, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Jamie. Thank you for having me. Yeah. You know what? I was just saying, I can't believe that we're just sitting down now. It's crazy. I know, right? How long have you been doing your podcast now? Well, the podcast has just been since November, but you know, I've been hanging out online talking about all things stepmom life for a while now. And I'm just offended that I wasn't your first guest. So I'm going to try to get over it as we speak. I'm going to try. But we've spoken a lot online before. I feel like I already know you. Yeah, I know. know, I'm a fan of your work. We've spoken in stepmom groups before. So we have a lot of the same colleagues. So it's cool to put a face to a name again. Absolutely. So, you know, you are a pretty well known in the online stepmom co-parenting space. But for someone who is not familiar with you, give us the lowdown. Like what, what do you have got going on? Okay. So I came up with blended and black. Believe it or not, I'm a black person. And I, when I first started my stepmom journey, I was looking for help. I was going to therapists. I was going to a uh, pastor, parishioner, just anybody that could help me make sense of this new transition in my life. And so, of course, I found some step, um, some groups, Facebook groups. I, the thing that I found in those particular groups is while they were speaking on the same issues, it felt a little different. And there was not a space for someone like me. And I hate to be a separatist or be divisive, but I can't say that I felt 100% comfortable in these spaces. And so I started talking about my own issues online. And I believe that all cultures, we have our own colloquialisms. We have our way of doing things. We have our way of saying things. And the people that felt me, that felt my pain, that identified with what I was saying, they needed more private space. And uh, for real, like, honestly, all the good names were taken, blended in. <laughs> so I was like, what can I come up with that has a name blended in it um, that signifies who I am and what this thing about? And all it was supposed to be was a space, uh, a Facebook group for us to rant. Like, literally, that was all it was supposed to be. Like, we were sharing, at that time, we were sharing juicy screenshots and uh, maybe a, a high-conflict voicemail. It was people for in high-conflict situations. Well, then everybody started adding their own friends or trying to. And so I was like, you know what, let me make this more commercial and let me make it a safe space. And the thing that I found is uh, after years, after a year or two of being a person that others were coming to in this, I was like, um, blended families are all kind of the same. You know, we're, we're not we're not black. We're not white. There's kind of this big gray area. There's this big ass gray area. And. I was like, all right, Naja, you could have named it Blended and Gray, but you didn't. So just like all of the other co-parenting, co-mothering, step-mothering, step-parenting spaces, my platform is another one. I provide anonymity. I went on to build a business out of it. Got an LLC, started taking coaching clients. 
I probably literally have, I get at least two, three, four, five clients per week. And those are all referrals now. I have a very genuine style of talking to people. Aside from being educated and having a bachelor's in family and consumer sciences, I got all these other letters behind my name. So I said that I wanted to take this thing and um, build a business from it. So yeah, like I wanted to feel like home, but I also wanted it to have structure. That was a long answer. My God. No, it was such a good answer. And you know what? I'm with you on that because, you know, I had very much the same experience. I was looking for, you know, a space to seek out support. And I just wasn't feeling like I was getting what I needed through the online support. So that's, you know, if you can't find it, you need to create it because obviously if you're... Totally, totally. So give me the lowdown on like your family. So you are a stepmom, obviously. I am. I am a stepmom of three. One will be 14 next week. And there's a set of twins. They're seven. They're adorable. My situation is probably like a lot of people that are listening to this. High conflict. Oh my God. High conflict. It's a lot better than what it was six years ago. But I can say that is because I have learned how to be. I have learned how to not take things so personally. I cope with the fact that I'm a person that was the last person to join the Hall family. My name is Naja Hall. I'm the last person to join this family. And not everybody is as welcoming. Not everybody is able to cope with change. For some people, my presence is a trigger of their own failures. I'm like a living, breathing reminder of something that they just did not get right. And boom, here I am with my pretty ass walking around, you know? And so, um, <laughs> <laughs> so I would say conflict, you know, cause we're, we're not the Brady bunch at all. We are, we're not the Brady bunch. And I don't pretend to be, I love my stepkids. I have a great relationship with them and I, I love dearly their father. Oh my God. I love their father. And I have a respect for their mother because she is the person that birthed them into the world. But we don't really speak because I don't allow people into my space that um, are not able to have a relationship with me based on boundaries and respect. So I had to put some boundaries on that thing and not allow that. And I teach other people how to do that. How, you know, people are like, Naja, how are you so unbothered? I'm like, honey, because being bothered gives you cellulite and wrinkles and I have none of that and I don't want that. So like, <laughs> <laughs> no, and that's true, right? And I and I talk about that a lot. It's like, you know, you can't control what other people do. You cannot control how other people perceive situations. You can't control how other people act. So the only thing you can control is your own reaction. So that's why it's so important to set those boundaries in place. And you know, and if those boundaries mean that you don't have a relationship with that person, then that's okay. That absolutely. Is abs- yeah, that is absolutely okay. So I'm going to read something that was on your website. And you uh-huh. said, my journey to achieving peace was a long one. And I'm determined to make sure that others have a strong support system and a blueprint to make transitions less tumultuous. Can you expand on that for me? You Like you said, when you were looking for help, you didn't have anywhere to go. The same was me. I was kind of just wandering through the desert, like just... Try sticking and moving, trying it as I go, making rookie stepmom mistakes, calling and being like, hey, I'm not just so great to meet you without putting out feelers first, thinking I was going to be accepted. So there was no system for me to follow. There was a lot of great articles. We got a lot of, of the OGs, as I like to call them, like the Kate Chapman's in the game. That's somebody that I absolutely love. Close friend of mine. Um, I would read her stuff a lot. And she was so insightful. But that was Kate's way. Kate's family looks different than mine does. Her situation is different. 
So what I did is I just came up with a standard blueprint on how people should handle mainly conflict because a lot of what I deal with with my in my own life and my own with my clients, people that are wrapped up in this ball of conflict and they just have no clue how to take themselves out of this this tangled web. So the blueprint is me teaching people how to first eject themselves from the drama and then pull the rest of their family, the people that want to be pulled out, pull them out as well. Absolutely. And so do you feel like I often say it is entirely possible to live a kick-ass life amongst the extra stressors that come with this. Yes. And yes, my yes. biggest frustration sometimes when I'm speaking with stepmoms and I'm coaching stepmoms, they're like, no, 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 Jamie, you don't understand what I'm going through. Or no, 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 no. You know, <laughs> oh, this is what we're dealing I. from. And <laughs> it's like, A, yes, I do. B, you can't control that. So when you have, you know, shitty situations come up in your life, you have a choice. You get to decide if you're going to get wrapped up in it and play the victim, or you decide if it's not going to, you're not going to allow it to define your life. Like that, that really is, that's the choice. And, you know, I love your approach to it because it's so no bullshit, like straight to the point, because it's true. It's really, really mm-hmm. true. And we need to have more in all situations. It's not even just like blended families. Like you mm-hmm. literally are in control of your life. You are. You know, the thing about it is, Jamie, um, it's ego for a lot of us. You know, it's it's about a loss of control or it's about our bruised ego. And when you learn to remove your ego from situations and look at this person that is, I'll say, attacking you for lack of a better word that I can think of, you know, this person that's attacking you and your peace, you have to ask yourself, um, like you said, am I giving this person power over me? Or can I remove my ego and see this person for the, who the hell they really are? At one point in the high conflict person in my life, they, they were like a bee. They were like a bee. And you know, I don't know if anybody has listened to this. If you've gotten stung by a bee, it hurts. <laughs> it really hurts. It's not comfortable. But they were a bee because I allowed them to get close enough to sting me. So I was like, all right, Naja, you need to confine this person to sending you an email to this particular email address. They don't even get to send, send things to your general email box. You need to block their phone number so they cannot text you when you're in a great headspace and you see a text and they trigger your anxiety. So then that person kind of became like a fly to me. And, you know, flies are different. They're not like they're not going to sting you. It's not going to be as painful as a bee. A fly is going to bite you. You're going to get a a red bump. It's going to itch for a while. It's going to go away. But you know how flies, we know how flies are nasty. They'll go and step on dog shit and then come and land on your food and then come and land on your skin. So now they're trickling this shit all over you. It's because, you (laughs) number one, you are allowing it. You're allowing this crap into your space. So I ultimately decided, I was like, I could never get rid of that buzzing thing in my life. I said, let me make them a gnat, a little annoying little gnat. Like, you know, a gnat will fly around and you're like, I'm sure I'm making hand motions right now for you you guys who can't see me. But, you know, you'll swish them out of your face. You'll swat them out of the way, but they're harmless. So I really had to reduce the effects of what I allowed into my own space to that of a harmless little gnat. I could swoosh it out of the way and really be unbothered. So it went from a stinging bee, like a thorn in my side, painful thing, into me really deducing this person's power to absolutely nothing. And I did that because I started to learn about this person. If you're a stepmother, you have a lot more insight on her than she has on you because your man has told you some things about this person. So maybe you do know about her pained childhood. Maybe you do know about some of the things that she suffered. You do know about her trauma. So what do you look like being empowered with this information? What do you look like attacking this lady back? 
She's in pain. A person that is attacking you and you've done nothing to them, they are hurting. They are hurting and they're in pain. So what the hell do you look like attacking this person? Like That's like me going and fighting a lady in a wheelchair because she rolled over my foot. Clearly, she she cannot control that. Maybe she meant to. Maybe she did not. But I can so I can overpower that person with one punch. So I choose to use my power for good and not a negative type of retribution. Yeah, and I love that. It's you know because it is true when when people are mistreating you or they're you know that kind of angry side when they're you know, they're at you. It's that's more about them and what they're going through in their life than it is about you. All and- about them. And it's what you represent for them. And, Mm -hmm. you know, often stepmoms will say to me, well, I really want a relationship with my husband's ex-wife, but she, she wants nothing to do with me. Well, then she's not ready. Listen, she doesn't want that. She doesn't want a relationship with the man that she made children with. She damn sure doesn't want a relationship with you. I have to tell people (laughs) that like, stop forcing yourself in this circle. You find some other friends on the playground. That circle doesn't want to play with you. You know, she does. And I think it's asinine that a woman would send her children to be in a home where there's another maternal figure and she not be connected to that person. I personally would never do that. I think that's asinine. However, not all women look at it like that. They're okay with sending their kids to a stranger's house. They're okay with it. They're so wrapped up in their pain and they're so committed to their pain that they can't even get to know you. That's a strong commitment. I, I can't say I admire it, but you know, it's something you got to look at. Yeah. And it's something I think sometimes as stepmoms, we can't understand unless you're in that position, right? Because there's, you know, there's so many times when, you know, I knew, I thought I knew everything about being a stepmom before I actually became one. You know, I dealt with this on a professional level. I was a child protection worker, all of these things. There's child divorce. Like to me, I felt like I had this all in the bag. And then I got into this Oh yeah, I got it. I knew the books. I knew like, you know, I knew how the experts said to do it. But what I didn't know is the emotions that were going to come into play. And I don't know about you, but there's been times when my head has told me to react in certain ways, but then, you know, my emotions roll in and then you wake up in the morning and you're like, "Mm, you know, that might not have been the best reaction that I've ever had, or that might not have been my shiniest moment. So I always try to empathize with yeah. You know, you know, high conflict yeah. moms. That means that you're an empathetic person. If you can wake up the next day and feel kind of icky, you're like, oh my God, I should not have said that. Now, on the flip side, there exists a type of parent, type of woman that feels nothing after she's tread upon you. The thing I try to get my clients to understand that this high conflict person, she gets a little bit of pleasure out of throwing your day off balance, but then she goes on to cause hell everywhere else in other people's lives. So while you're upset for 12 hours over something this person has done for you, she's literally moved on to something else. She's like, oh, okay, I left shit over there and now I can move on and cause havoc elsewhere. Um, So that's one thing that we have to consider. She's not as bothered as you are. And that hopefully that'll help flip somebody's mindset as well. Absolutely. And people see things in different ways. They, some people don't have the capacity to have that empathy. They're just not at that place in their life. And, you know, at the end of the day, I, you know, I was, I was talking to my husband about this once. I said, you know, people who are angry and who like to make other people feel upset mm. at the end of the day, they have to go through life being that type of person. And yeah. that's a bigger burden than having to deal with them. You know, intermittently. You know, you really have to think about a life carrying that much anger. It's like you said, I always say it gives you wrinkles. You're like, it gives you cellulite. Like, you know, it's toxic energy that really, you know, impacts more than just your relationship with your, you know, 
kid's stepmom or whoever yeah, it is that you're not, interacting with. It's just, it's not just you, girlfriend. I know you probably think that, who you know, the ladies that are listening to this and some stepdads as well. It's not just you that she has this toxic thing with. This is how she handles probably most of the close relationships in her life. And the people that are closer to her, let's just say you see sisters and brothers doting on her, him or her, they know that this person is innately troubled and imbalanced and weak. They don't cross the line or they walk a very tight line as to interrupting this person's flow. So you're not the only person that they give it to. Trust me, you're not. No, absolutely. So what do you think the biggest mistake that stepmoms make when they are in a high conflict situation? The biggest mistake that you make, stepmoms make when you're in a high conflict situation is getting your behind involved. You roll up your sleeves and you're going to go to war with your man. Honey, I got your back. I'm going to send this text message for you. I'm going to take this email from you. Girl, you better go sit your ass down somewhere. Go back up. Go do some self-care. Protect yourself. Put on a suit of armor. You are, I think it's a great thing when women want to be their man's anchor, but First thing is you got to make sure before you even commit to becoming a stepman is the man that you're with is if he can wrangle the situation that he can, he created, if he can wrangle that without you being so bothered. The first question I asked myself before I, I jumped in this thing here first, I said, Naja, how does this affect you? How does this affect your, how is this going to make your life better or worse? And what is your partner doing to keep you protected? That man shielded me. Oh my God, he protected my honor. He asked for there to be no disrespect. He asked for phone calls. Like he did everything within his control. So that's the first mistake that I see women doing is they get with these guys that are lily livered and they cannot protect them. These guys go and create a hopeless, desolate situation from you for you. And here you are trying to clean up the mess that he created. So that's the first thing. Second thing is once you decide that you're that you're gonna commit to the relationship, is you got to sit back and listen. I wish I would have listened more. I wish I would have, as they say, stay in your lane. I am so happy now that I have a lane and I stay my cute little tushy in it. I stay there comfortably on my throne in my own lane, um, which is being the wife. That is my role. I am a wife first and foremost before I am anything else. And so you need to consider that. Your stepmom, honey, that's legally, I don't know how you guys do it in Canada, but here in the United States, there's no legal legalities that are connecting me to my stepchildren whatsoever. I, 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 I have no rights whatsoever. So I leave all the heavy lifting to the parents. And I'm so glad I do. I get to be a happy-go-lucky extra character in their life who they really actually like, you know, because we have fun together. I keep it light and easy with them. I just want them to be a kid with me. But don't get yourself so wrapped up in his previous marriage that you can't enjoy your own. That's oh, what a I lot of you that. are that's what a lot of y'all are doing right now. And you're going to be a part of that um, statistic that says 70% of second marriages don't work yeah. if you don't find you some business and mind that over there. Absolutely. I feel like that needs to be on a quote card. That was so good. Well, let's make that a meme. Yeah, yeah. let's make that a meme. <laughs> <laughs> no, and that's so true. And, you know, I think the just to go back to your first point, so many stepmoms also will come in if there's a higher conflict situation and they'll say, well, no, you know what? I'll just I'll just fix it. Like, I'll, just let just let me do it. Right. So then and maybe if there is this high conflict situation between, you know, your husband and his ex then you're in the middle dealing with it all. And maybe it's working for you to play that role. Maybe it's not. But man, it's just a lot of extra stress on you. It's and not you're not going to fix you know? what you didn't break. 
Absolutely. One of my, I don't know who came up with that quote, but so, so, I mean, one of my favorites, and that's one thing that I had to learn as well. And it's really not a natural occur, naturally occurring phenomenon for there to be three people in a relationship. Let the co-parents call two of them and you co-mother if you are allowed and given that right to do that freely from both parents. Otherwise, focus on being a partner. Focus mm-hmm. on being a, a wife. Because we so often forget the reasons why we fell in love with this guy because we get so wrapped up in this court summons or becoming, I see so many women, oh, they become their man's paralegal. They know the law better than the father does. He is the father of these children. Let him do the work. He's not weak, okay? This is a patriarchal world that men have created because they've claimed to be the stronger sex. Well, let his behind do the work. Let your man (laughs) do it, please. Sit back and let him do it. And then I think a lot of women are afraid because they know that maybe he can't do it. Maybe yeah, this and I man think that's where the challenge comes in. Yeah. So then is your partner insufficient to clean up a mess that he created? And then how is that going to affect the rest of your life? Because I told, I said, I'm, I'll be damned if I'm going to let your mess mess me up. Like, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. So take yourself out of it. Yeah, absolutely. Quickly. And, you know, there are situations where it I do think it does help for you to be involved. But if you feel like it's not working and you're getting pushback on it, then that's when you need to say, OK, well, this is not worth it. This is not it worth it. Too consuming. I tried that. You know, I went and got the all the legal paperwork and I was writing emails and I was doing this. I mean, I probably know New York state law and Texas state law better than um, the attorney general. <laughs> but I was like, wow, Naja, you know, by the time you get to bed at night, you don't feel like being with your partner because you're so consumed with other stuff. Yeah. And that's the worst feeling when something happens and, you know, you get that email or you get the court documents or whatever, and you're, you feel like you could puke. Like you literally yeah. feel like you yeah. can puke and you've actually become physically sick over yes. a high conflict situation that you didn't create. Yes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's, you know, setting those boundaries. It Boundaries. Yeah. And there's a lot of women that say, Oh my God, he needs me. If I don't do it, it's not going to get done. And I just asked them, well, when this child that you're fighting for, you know, when they were being created, where were you? Because he got it done. At some <laughs> point or the other, he got it done. Trust me, he can handle it. And if he cannot, then he's going to help your life be a little bit more difficult. And none of us need that. This podcast is brought to you by my ebook, 101 Ways to Be a Kick-Ass Stepmom. From how to navigate your relationship with your husband's ex-wife to how to stop feeling insecure about being the second wife, to what to say when your stepkids say, I don't have to listen to you, you're not my mom, to how to introduce an ours baby into your blended family crew, to how to minimize conflict even when the ex seems to thrive off it, to how to get on the same page with your husband about all the things, and so much more. This ebook shares my top 101 tips, strategies, and mindset shifts for stepmoms who are ready to live a kick-ass life. To check it out, head to www.jamiescrimger.com forward slash ebook. Okay. So question for you, you say there's a stepmom and, you know, stepchildren's mom is trying to sabotage that relationship and saying nasty things about the stepmom and not approving of the stepmom's role in their life. How do you recommend that a stepmom deal with that? Oh my God. Dealing with kindness is one of the greatest cliches, but I'm not saying pour gifts on these children and they're not deserving, but you can be very honest with them. You know, I had to have a very honest conversation with my tween stepdaughter 
because of some negative things that have been said. And I, you know, I didn't make it about her mother. I didn't make it about me. I said, how do you pick your friends? And she was like, well, you know, how, you know, if they're cool with me and, you know, teenagers are kind of odd sometimes with their speech. Like they, sometimes they're talkative, sometimes they're not. She was like, well, if they're nice and we have stuff in common and they respect me. I said, okay, cool. I was like, I want to be your friend. I was like, I want to be your friend. I want us to be able to build a friendship based on the same thing that you do with your other friends. You know, I said, I'm not in a position to be telling you what to do. I said, but I think you'll find in me. And I just kind of sold myself to her. I said, I'm very smart. I graduated from college with just grade point average. I ran track in college, high school, just like you did. You know, I was like, you always ask me for hair and makeup tips. I was like, I, there's certain advantages that I can have in your life. I said, but I'm going to show you. And I was like, I swear, Miss Naja, they call me Miss Naja. I said, I'll, I'll give you anything that I have. I said, but a friendship goes both ways. We both, I said, you know how you, it's a natural love that you have with your mother and father. You and I don't have that luxury because we don't have a biological bond. And I said, but just like one of your friends, I want you and I to be able to invest in one another so that we can build up to having a love relationship. And I was like, I just want you to judge me based off who I am and who I show you that I am. Okay. And she was like, cool. (laughs) One where, you know, teenagers, cool. So that's what I had to do. I'm very meticulous about making efforts to show the three of them who exactly I am so that no matter what they hear, because kids are smart. They can question. They'd be like, wait a minute. Miss Nash is cool. She said this to me. She taught me this. She she took me to this place. Um, she loves my dad. So um, I like when children are smart enough to question authority in a respectful manner. So, yeah, that's one thing that I encourage with all of them. Just treat me by based on what I show you. And Absolutely. I'm going to do the same thing with you. I said, you know, I'm going to do the same exact thing with you. I said, because your mom and dad have to love you. I don't. <laughs> I, I ain't, I ain't got to do that. I just, you know, I got to love my husband and I'm going to treat you with, with respect. But I was like, you, you it's on you how it, how it can be because I'm going to do my part. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's also important, like there are stepchildren who feel like they can't develop that relationship with the stepmom out of loyalty, right? And, you know, if they're not strong enough to stand up to that, they're not strong enough to kind of question that authority. I think- it's so hard, but it's so true. Stepmoms need to recognize the position that these kids are in, these loyalty binds, and really think about that when they're reacting to how their step kids are treating them, right? It's it's so important to remember how pulled they can feel in these high-conflict situations because, you know, it's just a lot on a kid. They didn't sign up for this. It's hard as an adult to not take it personally, You know, because we all come into these, most stepmothers come into these situations like, oh my God, I'm going to love these kids and we're going to take Christmas pictures in our matching sweaters. And then boom, the kid comes and they treat you like you're just their mortal enemy. And you're like, oh God, it's really hard not to take it personally though. Totally. You got to understand this mother or someone in this child's life, like independent of the fact that their whole foundation has been shaken by divorce or separation of their parents. There's no telling what they saw at the end of it. So they're probably traumatized. But if they have a parent that is discouraging a relationship with you, then this child is emotionally so confused and they don't know what to do. And they have an extreme loyalty bind 
to the parent that they deem weaker. I'll say it again. Children have a loyalty bind to the parent that they deem weaker. So the parent that they see crying and complaining, and if you're married to dad and you guys got a new big house and you guys are taking vacations and dad is so-called taking care of your kids and mom is saying these things to the children, she appears to be the weaker parent. They're going to have sympathy for her. So their loyalty is going to be with the parent that needs the help. Kids want to help. You know, when you're a little, then you want to help your mom all the time. They want to help. And so that's what they're feeling like they're doing. If they show, if they like you a little bit, they're going to be disappointing their other parent. So what you can do is you can just still be you. If they come in and not say hello, that's not okay with me because I command respect. You know, if you're in my home and if I make you a meal, you say thank you. If I try to engage in conversation with you, I expect for you to open your mouth and just treat me with basic human decency. Now, that is exactly what I've advised some clients to say. I've not, thankfully, uh, been in a position to have to say that, but it's absolutely what I would say. I would say, I want you to think about what you're doing and how you're treating me right now. You're ignoring me. You're being belligerent. You're being disrespectful. I've not done any of those things to you, but I want you to understand how you're coming off. Okay. And you know, you have to really put it in kids face, you know, cause they'll project that, that other crap onto you. Yeah. And kids treat you how they, people, anyone treats you how you allow them to treat you. Right. And it comes yes. back to those boundaries again. And, you know, I think it is important when you're talking to kids to try to have that, those conversations to say like, this is how I'm experiencing things too. I found it really helpful for people to say, you know, you don't have to like me. You don't have to, you know, have all of these hearts and sparkles feelings for me. However, I'm not going anywhere and we now have to live together. And it, that feeling, that awkward feeling that we all have when we're in the house together with this tension, I don't think that anyone likes it. So we're going to have to figure out a way, how, how do we make this work? Right. And even just including them in those conversations, really people are surprised. People are surprised how receptive even teenagers and tweenagers are when you help them feel like they have some sort of control or some sort of say in the type of relationship that you have. Just opening up that conversation can go, can go so, so far. Mm -hmm. You ask them, what is it that you want? You know, and I explained to my, my stepkids, I said every time, because they don't live in the same city as my husband and I do. So whenever we go or they had a long summer, they, they come here to be with us. Um, Christmas, sometimes we'll go stay with them for two, three weeks. But I always end a visit, no matter how long or how short, with saying, I just want to thank you guys for allowing me and accepting me into your family. And they all, you know, at this point, they're probably sick of me saying it, but I, I show them that I appreciate you for not being awful to me because I've heard horror stories. I appreciate you guys for being. Um, mild mannered and very easy. And so I always tell them, thank you for accepting me into the family. And they give me a hug and, you know, it's cool. I want them to feel that it's a choice that they have to make to accept me. So if they don't make the choice, then I'll feel a different way. And so I hold them accountable just like I do anybody. I hold them accountable for how they make me feel. And I ask that people do the same thing for me. You know, if I hurt your feelings, tell me, I will fix it, you know, but accountability is a big thing, even with young people. So true. And, you know, I wrote a blog post once talking about, you know, stepchildren who don't like their stepmom. And I said, you know, there's one or two categories that you can put the reasons into. A, you're being an ass. There's something that you're doing as a stepmom that is resulting in them not liking you. And you need need to check yourself and think about how they're feeling. So that's on you. Or Mm -hmm. there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. 
right? Yeah. So it's, it's something you're doing or something that's completely outside of your control. And it has to do with the loyalty binds and all of those things. But, you know, having those conversations, you, I can't even stress how much it is just, it's key. You got to talk to kids. Oh my God. My mom talked to me to death especially when I was in those teenage years, like she would talk, 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 talk. And one thing I remember everything that she told me at this point, and she told me, she was like, you're not saying anything right now. She was like, but years, years from now, you're going to be sitting by yourself somewhere and you're going to remember all the words I'm saying and all these lessons. And so I learned that you got to talk to these kids, even when they don't talk back, tell them about you, humanize yourself to them because you've probably, if they don't like you, you've probably been dehumanized or they just see you as this opponent. They see you as this thing that's taking their dad. So humanize yourself. Tell them about your childhood. Tell them about your own stepmom. Tell, talk to these kids. Talk their ears off. I guarantee you they're, they are listening to you. They yeah. cannot tune you out. They're listening. And that's the biggest mistake that I think that some stepmoms make when their stepchildren are kind of trying to push them out is they're like, well, I'm not talking to them then. I said, well, you, then what are you, teenagers, right? You can't be... You, you know, at some point, someone has to be the adult and, you know, yeah. put forward, you know, and even if they don't say hi to you when they walk in, because sometimes teenagers are just like, uh, you know, teenager mode, They're like, hey, how's it going? Right. Oh just kind of like, like man, I wish they would make my day, honey. No, no, no. We're going to go out and go back out and start that over. No. Oh, <laughs> oh God, I wish. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it really just depends. Stepkids are just in weird. Sometimes they're in weird spaces and they're just not mm-hmm. cognizant of how they're treating right. you if you have right. those conversations and say, Hey, like, do we say hi to each other right now? Like, bring it back. Like, hey, how was like, your day? Invisible? Yeah. Hey, I'm yeah. right here. No, and there's I a kind that. way to do that. There's always a kind way. I'm not saying be forceful with it, but yeah, it, you sometimes I do need a reminder. Like I am human and I have feelings. Um, just like you love your mother. I have a mother that I love too. There's people that admire me and look up to me as well. You know, I'm a person too. So humanize yourself to these so little good. people. So good. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you have a book. I do. Let's and talk about you, your book. You kind of said the title of the book earlier. Um, so the book is called Girl Bye. Because <laughs> that's one of my favorite sayings I always say. But the title is uh, Girl Bye. She's not going anywhere. Neither are you. And you kind of said that earlier. And it's just, um, it's not a fall in love, kumbaya, stepmoms, mothers, get along type of thing. It's not that at all. It's teaching you how to exist, whether she accepts you or not. So the book is for biological mothers and it is for stepmothers. It is for women that are in these situations. And it's really teaching you how to see one another's perspective. It's asking you some very in-depth questions. Um, It's a workbook as well. And aside from that, instead of people just reading dwindling their answers in there, I decided to do lessons. So there's a video lesson for each chapter. So there's 10 chapters. There's 10 video lessons where it's just me and my voice, just like I'm talking right now, talking and explaining what each chapter is about. So I find that that's more helpful. I wanted to give a resource to people that couldn't reach me for co- for coaching for whatever reason. I'm like, listen, here it is all packaged right here. This will get you through. And this will at least change your perspective. I can't control that other person, but you know, I, I'm trying to help you, whomever you are that's partaking in this thing. Absolutely. And that goes back to, you know, you are the one who's in control. You can't control what they do, but it is entirely possible to kind of get into a place where you feel good and secure and happy in your role as a stepmom amongst that high conflict situation. It Honey, is 100% true. 
There's this picture I saw, um, I think it was in Vogue magazine or something. There was a tornado right behind this lady and she was unscathed. I mean, her dress was beautifully flowing in the wind, but she wasn't looking freakish at all. She wasn't freaking out. I was like, that's me. I know how to be that woman, you know, whether there's a tornado or whether I'm standing in calm water, I know how to be that now. And that's what I impress upon other people. Like I demand, I demand peace in your life, you know? Mm-hmm. What was your biggest mistake as a stepmom? Oh, honey, which one? My God, I made <laughs> so many big ass mistakes. Probably um, sending an email, corresponding with her while she was in the midst of extreme hatred for, he was then my my boyfriend. I don't even think we were engaged yet. And she's, you know, I had to understand. I think my grandma told me, she was like, she doesn't like him. So why, why would she talk to you? Like you're a representation of him. And I was like, oh my God, wow. So that was probably something that started it off bad. I wish I would have let my husband lead the way in making an introduction to, with she and I. Because he had explained what it was. But I think all guys say, oh, my ex is crazy. You know, most guys say that. So I'm like, oh, okay, well, whatever. Yeah. And you know what I do think we need to remember too? And there are situations where it's a pretty bad situation to deal with and it's a very difficult person. But our husbands are not going to tell us about the amazing time that they had with their ex. They They aren't going to tell you how awesome, unless your husband talks too much like mine does. But (laughs) I I remember there was one night I was desperate. Things were so bad. And I was looking at him like, why in the hell were you ever with this person? Like, are you stupid? How could you be with such an awful person? I said, you need to tell me three great things about her right now. Cause I started to dehumanize her. My mm-hmm. own, like, I was like, I don't see this person as you. This is a monster to me. This is, you know, terrible. And so then he would tell me, I was like, oh, okay, okay. That's enough. I don't want to hear it. But, uh, <laughs> but it's true. I think that we need to remember yeah. that kind of stuff too, yeah. right? You know, they did we have great family. vacations together. She is probably a great mom in some respects in ways that maybe yeah. you, you can't, you know, yeah. see right now, or you yeah. don't know what goes on at their house, or you don't know you know, even that amazing time they had together, just sitting up in the kitchen, having drinks. And it was like the best mm-hmm. night of the relationship. He's not going to talk to you about that. about that. We, and right. we don't want to think about that, but and you he know, doesn't you have want to. to be real. He doesn't want to either. It doesn't <clears throat> fit his story right now. It doesn't fit his storyline right now. And so you're, I think it's important also for us to remember, we only get half one side of the story, right? You get half of the story. But that's why I said, I wish I would have just sat and observed a little bit more. And ultimately I would have found that he actually held back (laughs) on some of the craziness. Uh, But ultimately I wish I would have just let him make an introduction or at least speak to him and and figure out how it should have been done because that kind of set the tone you know, it was a trickle down effect from there that kind of set the tone for commotion and confusion and, you know, maybe things, you know, they weren't a certain way. But when you are dealing with a high conflict situation, people coming out of divorce, you can't really categorize them as being a con- like a high conflict person because they have um, life onset depression. That means you have a life altering event and now you're depressed. Divorce does the same thing. You know, you got to say, is this person just acting like this because of this situation or is this who they really are? So I I wish I just would have waited to see which one it was. Yeah. Do you think right now, you know, on Facebook and, you know, there's a lot of, you know, happy co-parenting stories, right? There's a lot of, you know, 
we're wearing matching jerseys and we're doing that. And, you know, I would say I don't have a high conflict situation. I don't have a perfect situation. I've had high conflict periods, but I know there's situations that I just, they're beyond what I've ever dealt with. There are some major high conflict situations. Now, do you think that right now on Facebook and in the media, there's almost this pressure for stepmoms to feel like they have to have this, you know, hearts and sparkles relationship with the ex because all of these, you know, photos are going around. It's it's almost glorifying it. And I feel sad for people who are in these high conflict situations because that's never going to happen for them. You know, it's that's like, just not possible. At some point you do have to accept the fact that I don't think we're going to be at little Timmy's baseball game in matching jerseys. Like we can't even be in the same room. And that's a tough pill to swallow because as a stepmom, you want to try to be the bigger person. And not all of us have been all the time. We're not saints by any means, but I do think people are shamed. I, you know, like me as a person that is a coach, I'm very honest and transparent about my own life and my own situation. I don't teach happy-go-lucky how to get along. I teach human behavior. I teach others how to understand human behavior. I teach empathy and I teach acceptance of and intolerance. But I'm very honest. You know, a person can be like, well, how can you teach these things if that's not your life? I'm like, well, I mean, the same way a male gynecologist can deliver a baby. I mean, you don't have to have all the working parts yourself to understand how it works and to show others how. And I understand what it looks like when it's not right. But I, I think my what I give is very valuable because I'm teaching people how to cope in their own individual damn lives. Yeah, not because there's no me. one size fits all approach too, yeah, right? Everyone has a different everyone situation. Does. Everyone does. And there's one thing you have to consider that mental illness is real. Personality disorders are not just something we read about on Instagram. These things are very real. And people are just trying their best to get through life the best way they can. And some people have developed disorders um, just in order to cope and survive. So if you're dealing with someone or you're co-parenting with someone like that, chances are you're not going to have that happy-go-lucky story. Accept it, understand it, and make your own happy. The people in in your house are the ones that you can control. Nobody outside of my house is going to tell me anything that's going to happen on the inside. I don't give a damn if I'm taking care of your kids or not. My home, my rules. We respect one another, but we do it our way and vice versa. You know, so you have to be very cognizant of who and what it is you're dealing with. And don't allow anybody to shame you for these once in a blue moon happy stories that you see. People are dealing with some real life crap out here, you know, and it ain't always roses. That is true. That is true. Okay. I, I, I could talk to you all day long. I, you know what? I love your no bullshit approach. You crack me up. (laughs) I'm sitting here covering the mic over here, trying to like not laugh into it, but you know what? Thank you so much. Your insight, your, you know, just your approach is very helpful to a lot of people who are dealing with, you know, high conflict situations. Okay. So where can people find you? So anybody can find me. I'm going to say this, guys. Most of my clients, this is crazy. Not most of my clients. I'd say probably say 40% of my clients are white. A couple of Latino, a lot of black folks. Um, People like the truth. So if you're one of those people that, you know, like real talk and like somebody that's going to get you through your storm and teach you how to stand in front of that tornado, unbothered and unscathed, then you can find me at Blended in Black anywhere on the internet, on Facebook, Instagram. My website is Blended in Black. There's hundreds of articles on there. Uh, Yeah, so just Blended and Black. 
Awesome. Okay. And I'm going to tag you in all of the things and I'm going to you. link your book below. Thank you so much, Naja. We have Thank to do this again. You, Jamie. Thank you for having me. And I love your audience and I love everything you're doing. You know, I'm a fan and a friend and a supporter. So thank you for having me. Awesome. Okay. Thank you so much. Yeah. All right, guys, I will uh, chat with you next week. Okay, guys, if you like this podcast, please do me a little favor. Take a second and subscribe on iTunes and then screenshot this podcast. Give it a share in social media and tell your friends what you think. And hey, don't forget to tag me so that I can thank you for helping me spread the word. Thanks so much. And I will talk to you next week.